that is uh, Woyaya from the uh, the old uh, Osebisa album uh, from uh, from uh, Ghana, the the fusion band from Ghana in the late '60s. Oh, amazing music! They they did so well, and so sorry they gave it up. It's so interesting that that uh, the the interview that Gwen had organized about the Maasai and land displacement uh, paired up tonight uh, quite coincidentally with uh, the the novel. Uh, which is a whole other way of viewing and and and, and looking at and understanding the same problems uh, by Vina Gokhali, uh, Gokhale, uh called Land for Fatima, and it's uh, it's produced by Gronica Editions. Vina herself uh, describes herself at the back of her book as an immigrant shapeshifter and started her career as a journalist in Bombay, uh, where she wrote uh, a, a book entitled Bombay Wali and Other Stories, also published by Guernica just recently. She came to Canada and began working in nonprofits and actually spent two years uh, working in Tanzania, and I'm sure that that had a big influence on uh, on how she came to, to look at this book, Land for Fatima. Uh, I had set up a whole interview uh, schedule, uh, Vina, but uh, but after listening to what we just heard, I thought I'd skip into the land part because the way sure. the Maasai have struggled so hard. Vina, first, welcome to Amandla. Thank you. Nice to have you here, and it. I, I must. I must say, I really enjoyed reading this book, and I was at the same time as reading it. I was in Malawi, where land dispossession is also a major issue, right. and and so I. Uh, what what I had was a quote I had pulled out that that I thought very appropriate about uh, the people that you describe the Anke people. I think I've said it that yes. right. Anke people, who uh, a small ethnic group that were were on a piece of land that uh, became very desirable for somebody in Tanzania, not Tanzania, because this is a, a country that's not Tanzania. Kamorga. Kamorga. Imaginary. Yeah, and so so the people or the the the, the bureaucracy in Kamorga decided they needed to get these Anke people off their land. Mm-hmm. And they were so shocked, the people. So I, I'm just going to read a little bit from there, because uh, and, and, I thought it's such a, a clear statement of how people who live traditionally on the land have no idea what you're talking about when you say you don't belong here. Uh, they, they, you, 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 you say, buying and selling land was an abstraction for the Anke. They had never viewed their land in that way. They belonged to their land, not the other way around. Their ancestors had lived there, and their spirits still resided among them. After every harvest, they held special ceremonies to honor these spirits. Without their blessings, they would not survive. Their children would continue to farm in another place. They would introduce new crops and farming techniques and experiment, as each successive generation had done in the past. My goodness, you really trapped that very nicely. Thank you. Uh, uh, How did you come to know? so much about this issue of land dispossession? <laughs> um, I think I'm just going to talk very quickly about writing fiction because it's a whole different ball game That's from right. uh, writing Absolutely. journalistically or other ways. And I think what happens with fiction is that uh, the author is um, exposed to all kinds of experiences like any human being, uh, their own stories, other people's stories. Normally, writers are good observers. They're supposed to be anyhow. 
and uh, they also read a lot uh, they uh, have dreams about like f- real dreams uh, they have their passions etc and it all somehow gets together and appears as a story so while i've never met a subsistence farmer uh, like in that close range as fatima uh, is met by this indo-canadian worker in africa who's called anjali uh, she did come up and she was rather insistent that i tell her story of being thrown off her land so it's a bit mis- mysterious how the writing process uh, happens but what is not mysterious is that the anger i felt at the injustice which i saw in bombay where the uh, people were um, not allowed to settle down in the city uh, in informal housing what's known as slums and these slums were raised to the ground these are very poor people coming from uh, often from villages often dispossessed and they were trying to make a life for themselves there and uh, there was no very low cost housing available to them or uh, any way of sustaining so they would settle in these slums and as we speak one third or, or something like that of the world population lives in these kinds of settlements not from choice but that's what's available to th- for them to do so uh, right from that i was very angry at all that injustice uh, and other kinds of injustices including land disposition that i saw in india and then when i was in africa there were a lot of similar things so i think uh, the f- anger that i felt uh, about it and i wanted to tell the story about these kinds of issues and uh, that's how land for fatima was born a long time afterwards of after all this after i came back from tanzania but uh, that's how it went well th- th- this is very interesting so so there's a fair bit of of you in there and in in the sense of where, where does real life and and uh, and uh, fiction begin because uh, your protagonist uh, your sorry your your central character anjali is uh, is also of indian extraction from bombay who comes to canada who ends up in tanzania so the parallels are are quite in gamorga sorry <laughs> in gamorga i'm so sorry not tanzania we've got to make fiction fiction here yes <laughs> and uh, and uh, so so uh, how how i i would say by guessing that you felt very close to anjali uh yes and no Uh, there are four women characters in this and they are all equally interesting to me one is anjali it was easier in a way to write her because the similar background but i feel quite close to fatima because she's the one thrown off the land uh, anjali also is a exile of sorts she's not exile she goes there out of choice but she has some tough uh, uh, situations it's also a sense of dispossession uh, yeah she voluntarily moves but she drags her 10 uh, year old son rahul along who doesn't want to go so there's a tension there and she has a uphill battle because she is at odds with grace uh, one of her coworkers uh, who is the chair of her board and uh, grace is also a very interesting character actually who's very dedicated to the cause of education and you know uh, ngo worker very strong woman also but she has some biases and issues that make her uh, difficult to work with and in fact she actually actively throws a spanner in the works uh, and uh, then there's mary anjali's um, maid who and we see her life and her struggles so i think i was attracted by all four characters and they all kind of spoke to me now they, they, this is interesting because they 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 come from different backgrounds they fill uh, different social classes they uh, they uh, and yet you're able to draw them in and make them connect by way well mostly i guess anjali is the thread that ties them together yes yes and uh, and uh, and she seems to be uh, a person of of great integrity who's trying her best 
to make something work in a very difficult situation. Right. And I think she is like many people who work in nonprofits because they really come with a lot of values they want to uh, work through and uh, promote and a lot of idealism. So in that sense, she is somewhat typical. And, and strong sense of social justice yes. and, and wanting to rectify. But, but uh, she seems to also uh, fulfill the role of an expatriate in this case too because she's in another country that she's quite unfamiliar with. In fact, you, you describe her uh, traveling from, uh, from uh, the main city of uh, Camorga uh, to, to the smaller town where she uh, has her NGO sub-office. Right. And you say, uh, she says, don't be hysterical, she tells herself. This is not Africa, in capital letters. There was no such thing really, except that it loomed large in the mind of foreigners. Uh, uh, every other country she'd been to, apparently, like India and Bangladesh and Canada, she felt comfortable in. But, but th those were landscapes, somehow been domesticated, but not this one. This one released an ancient nameless fear. What, 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 what were you getting at there? That was really interesting to me. Uh, however confident a person may seem on the outside, often they, there are fears. Often there is... Uh, that's human and that's what actually makes for an interesting character or even an interesting person, you know, overcoming those struggles and challenges. And Anjali, while very confident, as I said, when she comes there, she has this opposition from Grace, strong opposition, because she's trying to find land for Fatima. Fatima and her community have been thrown off the land and Fatima and Anjali come together. They write a proposal to find new land because there's a government scheme. Mm -hmm. However, things don't go as planned. There's uh, all kinds of problems that come up. So that that's one thing she's facing. Secondly, she's away from her boyfriend, Jeremy. She's a single mom from Canada. Uh, she is a little alone, actually. She doesn't have that many friends. She has not, she's very working all the time as well. Her son is alienated from her. So for various reasons, uh, she is uh, out of her element, you could say. And hence, though naturally confident and uh, resilient, etc., she's shaken up. And that's why she also starts to have some of these nightmares and, you know, uh, fears, though she does carry on. And which I think is makes sense to me given the situation no no i quite i quite found it a very very powerful statement because it's uh, when you're out of your element and you 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 don't have the normal supports around you you uh, you can be uh, rudderless and worried mm -hmm. about what's going on uh, she was normally so strong and confident and yet here was that fear coming out the other thing that I loved about that description of the trip uh, from uh, the capital of Camorga to Maikaenge, uh, Maikaenge was, uh, was the, the transition from urban to rural. Mm -hmm. It was a wonderful description mm -hmm. of, uh, uh, and the roads, such roads they were. The city center and only the city center had dream roads that wore a thick pelt of asphalt. Oh boy, I felt like I was in the middle of Lilongwe, Malawi. Uh, <laughs> the riches of the core were not to be squandered on the periphery and they soon dissipated, melting away into indistinguishable neighborhoods, congested and alien, which Anjali scarcely knew. And, and of course, then you go on and you describe how little by little as you get out to the periphery, you find all of the detritus and the garbage from the city being recycled and reused. And, right, and, and, right. Uh, the <laughs> They're so very resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, isn't it? And resilient. People uh, yes. have moved from the, the, the rural areas and they, they end up in the city and uh, the flotsam and jetsam of the city acquired a new life in the countryside. This is a, a, a wonderful description. And uh, is that how you felt as you went, uh, went around in the country? 
I could have, I could have. But, you know, all this comes to you. I mean, you're creating, right? So you're making stuff up as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course, it is fiction. And that's, that's the important thing about it. Uh, the other thing that I, I was very impressed about was how Joan Baxter, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yes, and thanks to you, I'm, in, I'm corresponding with her right now. Oh, wonderful. Well, she had written uh, The Seven Grains of Paradise, A mm -hmm. Culinary J uh, Journey Through Africa, uh, which is a non-fiction, political, economic, sociological vision. But I find that uh, you, you had much the same sort of respect for indigenous knowledge mm -hmm. that she has. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how did you come to relate to that uh, in, in, in your experience uh, overseas? I think uh, when I was growing up, it was a small town uh, and uh, things were quite simple, though my parents were well off. And so it wasn't like I, we didn't have material wealth or, or access to things, but it was uh, India in the 1960s. And so there was less stuff going around, but we had, I had storytelling. I had a fantastic grandmother who told me stories from Indian myths all the time. We had a wonderful community life. I had a good school and play and everything. But the uh, material things we could buy, we didn't have as many. And we didn't miss them at all. And I, to this day, I'm not a consumerist type of person. I'm not materially driven. I mean, sure, you need a few basics. But beyond that, I think what really matters is uh, community, uh, creativity, uh, justice for one thing, and, you know, just making a good life for everyone. And this, I find, is more the case with the traditional societies. I know they have uh, customs and all that are not necessarily uh, so progressive also, but in terms of how they relate to the environment and they don't over-exploit it, we just heard all that about the Maasai, compared to how we industrialize, you know, post-industrial society and post-modern and all the rest, we live living in cities, we are so much more wasteful. So I think I really admire that resilience. And it's small farmers who have really fed the population of the world for millennia uh, through just subsistence agriculture. Uh, and they haven't polluted so much. You know, they have to use all those chemicals and destroy the land, like um, introduced a lot of uh, very impoverish the soil etc so i think uh, there's a lot to be le to learn from there and a lot to admire that, 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 that was just fascinating to me because you had such a sympathetic portrayal of Fatima and her people and their struggle. Uh, you, you also showed how that even when they tried to solve their own problem, they were yet frustrated again. There was a co-op program that they were supposed to identify land and they would get a grant. But mm -hmm. then the plot thickens. <laughs> yes, because as you know, there's corporate greed and government corruption and all these kinds of things. So, those so how does she play. get frustrated by that? Uh, do you want me to oh, give just tell the story a bit? <laughs> tell the story a bit. That's all. Okay. So essentially, um, this is also a story of a strong friendship and an unusual friendship because Anjali and Fatima. Uh, formed this very strong bond. And uh, this is partly explained through how Anjali had this experience of the slum where she used to do volunteer teaching when she was younger, gets raised and everyone scatters and their dreams are broken. And so she's very, uh, she understands all this firsthand, the dispossession and, you know, how the lives of the poor can be dis uh, destroyed by just a, you know, gesture on the part of a government or a corporation. And uh, so they come together to find, uh, they decide to apply to the scheme and Anjali helps her. And uh, 
essentially, as I said, the corporate and other forces come into play. And actually, we there's a force behind a force because uh, it seems that Grace is really opposing her helping the Anki and she's saying this is outside your mandate and this is not in your job description <laughs> and things like that. But actually, it turns out there's somebody, something else going on as well. So, and well, I mean, it's very, very important that there's drama in a story, right? And there's suspense and uh, all those literary elements should be there like a narrative to be well, interesting. Okay, moving on to yet another subject that's close to my heart and I've uh, followed it through because I spent my 10 or 11 years involved in international development and, mm-hmm. and all of those yeah. kinds of things. And uh, so NGOs and uh, mm-hmm. their relationships and things that go on is another theme that you explore from a number of perspectives in, in here. Uh, you examine, for instance, how for Anjali, the, the, the trip to uh, Camorga was actually a career choice that, that was going to help her along. And, and that's another factor of... Uh, people getting involved in, uh, in NGO world. But you also look at uh, things like who's involved. There's very few people from uh, the countries. Uh, if you take a look at Canada as an example, and you take any NGO, very few people from countries overseas that they're involved in are involved in the NGOs here in Canada, despite large populations present in Canada. And, uh, and uh, then you also mentioned things like the, the women uh, are dominant in the NGOs. So, so it, are these kinds of perspectives that you came up with, or is this too fiction? Uh, this is actually lived experience and what I've seen in Canada, because unfortunately, though it is uh, a very fair country in so many ways, there is systemic racism in terms of professional um, uh, development, for example, for professionals who come here from elsewhere. So that's why I say she knew that she was a lucky, rare immigrant who'd found work easily in Canada and that to an international development. Not many immigrants, especially people of color, were to be found in this milieu. And we are talking 1990s. That's when the mm. novel is set in that period. Even though they were the people who had grown up in developing countries and many of them were well-educated and qualified. So I still feel there's a bit of a wall sometimes that comes up of not recognizing the qualifications and experience from the past. And this is for doctors, you know, all kinds of professionals, oh not my gosh, yeah. as we know. So, as we uh, well know. <laughs> and in terms of the women, uh, yes, I do uh, did find in Tanzania as well. Uh, and then in Kamorga, I made that connection. Uh, there were a lot of women employed in nonprofits and here as well, but not necessarily in the topmost positions. And this might partly be, frankly, because these are, well, it's like this classic idea that women are into caregiving professions and this is kind of a do-gooding thing. And also, frankly, I mean, corporates pay much more than nonprofits. So very cynically, this is the kind of thing that has been said about why women are more mm. involved. I don't know, but... You also spend a, a good, I think, very good uh, time examining the relationships between the f- folks in the NGO world as expatriates versus the local folks. Uh, uh, for instance, Anjali and her relationship with Grace, uh, also with uh, the consultant Hassan, also with uh, uh, her servant uh, Mary. Yes, uh, th- those are. That's a wonderful. Uh, I thought a wonderful exploration of how. Uh, we come as foreigners uh, to another country, regardless of our other backgrounds. We may be an immigrant to Canada or anywhere else, but now we're in Camorga. Uh, 
Can you just explore that a little bit and tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Actually, I must uh, tell the listeners here that I got a small grant from, it's called Vivacity Montreal. So it's a prog- program of the Quebec Arts Council uh, to write this novel. And in my proposal, I said that I want to explore the complexities, contradictions, the challenges, as well as the joys you know, of international development and that kind of a setup. Because it is an extremely complex situation when an expat goes there and tries to work with very, very difficult uh, situations on the ground. So uh, that was really my idea to bring out all those uh, complex relationships, which also uh, are very fulfilling and nourishing and, of course, a huge learning experience. But there are those challenges, uh, cross-cultural communication, as it's called, but just somebody coming from outside and expected to do this kind of work, which is uh, very hard, right, the work of social change. Uh, so I think that was very much on the cards and it's wonderful that you can do this so well through novels because you can really get into people's hearts and minds and sort of show, you know, why do they behave, for example, in a antagonistic fashion or, you know, kind of explore a little mm. deeper. And I think that is really the strength of literature and fiction, hopefully something like Land for Fatima, because you're in understanding the situation much more deeply and from inside out. Uh, so I think it was a very much uh, idea and also this communal life because uh, in Africa or even in India, it's you do live with a whole bunch of different kinds of people are right next to you and in your face kind of thing, mm. like Anjali and her maid, you know, her maid come from a completely different class, uh, which you may or may not meet such a person here in uh Canada, but you do meet through your maids uh, in developing countries, uh, you face a different reality. And you can either be very compassionate and have make that connection or be exploitative, you know. So in Anjali's case, she is uh, a compassionate person and she's into social justice. So she really feels for Mary. She does, and she manifests so many ways. And then at the same time, she reveals her homesickness and how happy she was when Mary uh, has learned how to cook some home dishes for her. <laughs> yes, because she hails from a particular state in India, and Indians are very attached to their food, Indian food, uh, and particular cuisine. So that's why. <laughs> ah, that was that was wonderful. Uh, um, uh, the the uh, the other thing that uh, touched me because I've just came back from uh, from Malawi, and uh, and we were building a clinic and working on a variety yeah. projects mm-hmm. and traveling around wow. and and sometimes some of the most annoying things about it are <laughs> uncomfortable life house circumstances and you complain about how that or, or Anjali complains about how the house refused to be tame it enjoyed hitting back at the imperialists old and new <laughs> there were sizable cracks on the walls of her bedroom the ceiling in Rahul's room leaked during the rains the toilet in the downstairs washroom clogged constantly the shower stall on the other one had a slope that allowed water to flow away from the rain rather than <laughs> towards it I, I, it's just amazing how <laughs> yeah. small things that aggravate Frustrating, yes. Frustrate you all to heck. Um, uh, I'm just going to take one brief moment here to say that uh, this is uh, Amandla on CQT. Uh, 90.3. It's uh, we're we're interviewing uh, Veen Gokhal Gokhale, and uh, and it's her book uh, uh, Land for Fatima that we're talking about, and um, and uh, so uh, the other piece of it was. Uh, <laughs> You, 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 you take a look at how the host nationals, I call them host nationals, that's an old term from my days in the international world, how they, uh, how they, uh, how they regard uh, the, the workers. Now you've taken a look from the, the 
Anjali looking at uh, Mary, but uh, there was also Mary's view of Anjali and Grace's view of Anjali. I, I really admired the way you, you handled that uh, and you got into that experience. Thank you. Yeah. And I also introduce Anne towards Zien, who is actually, because Anjali is replacing her colleague and she comes back. And then there's this whole different view of development, uh, international development and what it can do. Because Anjali st started to become more critical because of all the hurdles she faced. And she's questioning it uh, from a more socialist kind of perspective that she gets from her son. But uh, Anne actually also defends it in a sense and talks about all the good things that have happened as a result. So we're down to the last minute. I just want you to uh, read your dedication, if you would. Oh, I see. Okay, my dedication is very simple. And if I can find it here, it is. It says, dedicated to all the idealists and activists out there, because this is a book written for them, about them. And I tend to uh, agree. I would hardly endorse it. Uh, everybody should read it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun as well. <laughs>